they can get CUB to make beer for them and still sell it cheaper than CUB does and make money on it. Mm-hmm. Because there, there are some particles of something in this story yeah. and it's, it's not beer, Matt. <laughs> Radio Brews News is proudly presented by Cryer Malt. With over 25 years in the field, Cryer Malt are dedicated to providing the finest brewing ingredients to help brewers create the foundations of a truly excellent beer. They are your premium brewing partner and they are proud sponsors of this. And this is uh, Brews News Week. I'm your host, Pete Mitchum, and it is a pleasure to welcome the man described by a current affair as Australia's preeminent beer historian, Matt they, Kirkgaard. They did not. They did, did they, they call you a historian? G'day, Matt they, Kirkgaard. They, <laughs> they did say I was a beer historian, which they didn't ask me. I, that, that wasn't my doing, and I'm embarrassed, but they didn't say I was Australia's preeminent one, so at least they stopped. Oh. I may have put a little bit of GST on that. You might have. <laughs> I'm just happy they didn't chase me down the street covering my head in a coat, as yeah. I say. No, you I'm did well. And uh, soon to be Australia's preeminent pup reporter for Australian Brews <laughs> News. It's Claire the Boom in the Room Burnett. G'day, Claire. Hey, Pete. And you can nip that in the bud right now. <laughs> how's, you been, how's you been to work with, just quietly off mic, just between the two of us? Oh, Nobody's listening. Big Ed. Is the head, is the head swell, swollen? Huge. Can't get through the door. I, yeah. mate, I, the, the ability to become the Foster's brand ambassador, <laughs> you know, like that, has, that is just a career aspiration, you know, yeah. achievement. Well, when you think about it, not there's Hogs and then there's you. If you're going to put it that way, I'm suddenly feeling a little bit better about myself. I think your tax bill is probably slightly smaller. <laughs> well, what, let's put it this CUB? way. Are you, are you able to reside in this country, Matt? Um, I am, then you're, then, yes. Then you're the, ahead of hoax. Well, they're, they're currently not chasing me for uh, unpaid taxes because I finally paid off last year's taxes um, in instalments. Well, I heard actually, yeah, as a result of COVID, it was actually the other way and the Salvation Army were knocking on your door saying, can we give you a hand? It's, 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 you don't have to be too too proud. <laughs> no, all good. Anyway, but uh, yeah, no. no. You no. and Hoax, that's that's a steam company. Oh, it, it, absolutely. I'd not actually ever thought of, thought of it like that. It's died down a bit though this week. It, like presumably they're going to start doing something else for uh, yeah, Abbott's Invalid Stout next or... I like think they'll wait and see how it more. goes. But, you know, it's actually a really funny one watching how there we did get a lot of traffic from the Foster story, but no doubt because the media just picked it up. You know, it was one of those stories that you send out a media release and suddenly it's like putting a match to petrol. It just, the media, there's something about it that the media think this is a great angle and we'll do it. But the level of engagement on the story... When you, when you look at the quality of the engagement and the interest that we got from people commenting and looking and sharing was just not there. Whereas, you know, when we did the um, VB Fragrance or the VB um, Volley Partnership, it was one of those stories that the mainstream media... The mainstream media picked up on the fa- fragrance a little bit. The volleys, you know, after it was all of the um, usual man of many sites and those sorts of things. But the level of people who were engaging with it as brand on a brand level was really really intense and i think that sums up the the, the fosters you know cb have thought oh you know we'll run it up the flagpole see how it goes it's got them all you know millions of dollars worth of free advertising but it just doesn't sit no one's sitting around going oh yeah i wonder what happened to fosters yeah do you remember mm. that time we did that when we were drinking fosters nobody's gonna say nobody's that. gonna Not do it yeah really. and i don't think and i like I, I really don't think that it's um always stand to be corrected but vb still has some really rich investment, you know, emotionally. Um, it's got brand equity. It's got brand equity. plaster it on anything and yeah. it'll look good. The sales, love it. Well, the sales might be it. down. And I don't think, well, see, that's the thing. I don't think it's quite got that retro appeal phase yet because it's hasn't gone. I don't gone... know. My other half's got a shirt with a koala drinking a VB on it. Yeah, but he's... From, like, oh, Universal yeah. or something. Yeah, but that's a koala drinking a VB. <laughs> is it the koala? It's the koala. Yeah. <laughs> like it, it, that, that, Not the VB. That's actually kitsch, which is different. <laughs> I think kitsch is different to um, ironic. Oh. Is it? Whereas, you know, like, Melbourne bitter rashes, as we keep talking mm. about, you know, I think we're going to have to finally add rashes to the bingo. <laughs> it's a, the silver bullet is certainly... Uh, it's... Yeah. It's it a, Again, that... It's just got that certain something. Uh, which I didn't think, I, I thought, you know, Foster's was pretty much dead and buried and uh, consigned yeah. to the way that internationals think of 
uh, Australian beer. Yeah, look, in the same way that you know, like everyone's oh, Carlsberg, it's the beer of of Denmark, and they go, well, no, we all yeah. drink Tuborg. We don't actually, you know, yeah, yeah, Carlsberg's yeah. the one that we kind of send everywhere yeah. else. And, and Foster's became that. That's the very action. And, I, and I think that's the problem. I think we actually resent the brand on some level because there it fosters that misconception that it doesn't have that added level of, you know, emotional attachment because we actually, I, I think we hate. You know, you know, it's one of those things that we all have to grit our teeth and endure. Um, you know, anyone getting off a plane in Sydney in an international flight in Sydney within five minutes, someone's going to say, "How do you, how do you like Australia?" Mm-hmm. Before they've left the airport. But then the flip side is, anyone that's <laughs> going to pick that person up after they've said that is going to be sort of said, "Well, where can I get a Foster's?" And it's you know, it's, it's the things that we uh, just cringe. So I, I think this it's too <laughs> cringeworthy for it to take off. Did I just kill we, my gig as the foster? Yeah, yes, you did. <laughs> in one sentence, you need to be talk. You need to be talking it up. Uh, but okay. I say, you know, like as a brand too. I think, like as a beer, Foster's Lager beer, um, eighteen ninety. When were the Ralph and William? Um, oh, the eighteen eighties, I think. Yeah, um, yeah, and, and really, it was it was one of those wasn't a little the bit first like. Lager? Well, it was the first commercially available lager because uh, they teed up, didn't they, with the German ice machine making company? So no, they were the... no, no, no. I'm, I'm, I'm going to have to channel our good friend, uh, Dr. Um, Brett um, Stubbs. Stubbs, here because there was other refrigeration equipment that had been installed. Foster's was a bit of a. Um, it, it was a little bit like Crown Lager, you know, first brewed for royalty and stuff like that. It had been, that story had been told incorrectly so much by such a big brand that I think when you actually go looking, they weren't the first. And so far as No, no, but I think historically, weren't they the first to, uh, I guess, link it to a marketing ploy to say with your order of Foster's Lager beer, we buy a shitty beer and we will give you free ice. Yeah, a tin, like, a, <laughs> like like an apple, like an apple box with you know hessian and a, a block of carved out ice in it that you could yeah. stick the beers in. Yeah, and, and so, so the, that, that's and again, I've never actually. So this is could be spreading more um, furfies, furfies. Uh, for want of oh. a better word. Oh. Um, but yeah, my understanding is that, that that's that's truer. Um, that you know the beer wasn't necessarily very good, but you got free ice, and so. Um, well, well, the fact that Ralph and William, all we know, all we know is that they departed Australia on a. Uh, some boat at some point mm. after um, six, <laughs> massively successfully failing, um, <laughs> but but nothing is really sort of heard of them after that. Oh, mysterious! Yeah, well, all they left was fairly the, the common to the gold rush era. Um, yeah, it's not like they kept good records. But, but my point is that it's it's taken such a long time. Uh, like it, it, it's it's outlasted VB, if you like, as a you know in terms of a, you know heritage. Brand, but obviously just you know that well, it's it, its story. It sort of you know went off the rails. Wasn't VB eighteen fifty four supposedly? Yeah, that well, eighteen fifty four was the was when gold was first discovered in Australia. But I think that was when Victoria bit like when you read and again I haven't looked in the history of oh, VB. Okay. I just remember tearing the uh, strips off because they sort of said VB was invented in eighteen fifty four and amazing. I said, well, how can you say that? Like it, it's part of Ringwood hops. How can you say that it's the same recipe as eighteen fifty four when? Well, yes, we use malt water, hops, and yeast and sugar. Um, yeah, but we invented the label. That, that, well, <laughs> yeah, that's it. It's the history <laughs> of the label. Basically, every beer that has those five ingredients is the same recipe. Appears VB is what you're saying, um, yeah, exactly. but I, I can't remember anyway. But, uh, but I, I mean, either way, look, we can we can all agree, regardless of, of the history and all that sort of thing, we can agree on one thing, and that is that brewing great beer takes time, and it's considered artistry by brewers. But polishing that art and expanding for the future is made easier with fluidic controls and automation of your processes, brewers, which enables more time for craft brewing. And, you know, that density and flavour and instead of just stirring the mix. And then this is where Burkett can assist. Did you realise that this was going to be an ad? <laughs> and now, Seamless. I know, that was beautiful. Seamless, I was like, where are we going like with Bur- this? Burkett's flow control piping. Ooh. Exactly. <laughs> oh, Burkett supports their Australian customers with single cable technology for future-proofing their tomorrow. Now, that's smart. Oh. Um, that was their tagline. That wasn't. It was <laughs> no, and um, go. I, I actually, uh, it, it's it's in the Brewery Pro podcast stream. That isn't that you actually have to go looking for on Brewery Pro. So we might put a link in the show notes. Really interesting chat with their um, sales rep Luke Hulhan talking about um, all of these sorts of things. We didn't put in the. It was a bit more of a commercial com- conversation, but uh, very interesting. So uh, if you, if you're interested in how uh, fluid control can actually help you in your brewery, both to scale and ensure uh, continued quality, uh, certainly go and have a listen to that podcast. I like the fact that it's one less thing. 
So if it means that brewers can spend a bit more time in the lab or it means they can spend a bit more time, you know, on the grain bill or the hop uh, bill or something like that. You speak to brewers as they grow and, you know, whilst it's romantic to be moving and switching pipes around, you know, the, the, the hoses and stuff like that in between, that's also where a lot of problems can come in. Whereas uh, getting people like Burkett in to help with your fluid control takes out a lot of a lot of headache but god this is a long ad and yeah, it, 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 it is an ad but they're good the people well but we only work with good people so we can actually get excited about the people that we uh, do advertising with but anyway Pete um, on with the show now I'm going to just take control for a second because I've got the phone in front of me and we've got a special guest oh, we need more music now we need special guest we music we, we, we need, need special, special guest, guest music, music. This is actually what we call beer-adjacent news. No stranger to regular listeners, maybe not regular listeners, but former listeners of uh, Radio Brews News, but he has his own uh, excellent website and podcast for things that aren't just about beer, and uh, that's James Atkinson. James, welcome back to Brews News Week. G'day, everyone. Yeah, thanks for having me back. I think the last time I spoke to you on Radio Brews News was in the depths of, you know, deepest, darkest um, COVID lockdown, so good to be sort of speaking to you when the future looks a little bit brighter than it did back then. <laughs> yes, well, 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 we'll wait and see. But, uh, mate, we were actually uh, – I saw last night um, a great story that you did on Drinks Adventures looking at uh, the distilling industry, and Claire actually picked it up this morning uh, through another channel, um, and so we thought we'd get you on to – maybe you can give us an overview for what is the uh, – you know, what, what is the scoop? Yeah, so Archie Rose – I don't know how familiar they will be to your listeners, maybe the, the listeners who are also fans of, uh, you know, craft spirits would know them as being one of Australia's uh, leading independent craft distillers. They're a really innovative company and they've made some fantastic, you know, gins and whiskies. And um, in fact, you know, their rye whiskey this year was named best rye whiskey in the world. So that sort of gives you an idea of, um, you know, how critically acclaimed and how respected their spirits are. And they've just opened this new distillery in Botany, uh, a suburb of Sydney, which is going to be their production distillery. Now, to give you guys an idea of how big and significant this site is, um, it's the biggest distillery in Australia. So it's bigger than it's bigger than Bundy, um, which is obviously, you know, we haven't traditionally produced a lot of, um, you know, like in recent years, produced a lot of spirits out of, industrial level in Australia and the, the the one exception to that that I can think of is, is Bundy um, and this literally is, is bigger than that and it also has a lot of really innovative features that Archie Rose um, c- claims are well first and I'm sure in you know in, in, in some respects they definitely are but what really caused a bit of a stink in the craft spirits uh, industry just in the last few weeks is that when they put out the press release announcing you know the or revealing the detail of the botany facility it referred in the press release to a highly innovative and patented whiskey production process and that obviously caused a few people in the industry to think oh hang about what is this patent uh, that they've referred to and so people then went and did their reading and then discovered that um, Archie Rose had in January this year had a patent certified for, uh, it's titled A Method for Making a Composite Alcoholic Beverage. And, you know, when you actually try and read through the claims, it's sort of, it, it's the kind of uh, legalese that sort of would make a layperson's head spin. Um, and I certainly consider myself a layperson. And, um, but, but reading into it and speaking to Will, who's the founder of Archie Rose, it, it was designed to protect this particular production methodology that Archie Rose calls um, an individual malt stream process. And so what that basically means is that, you know, as you would all know, um, you know, in in the world of brewing, um, you know, you typically mash in with a combination of malts to get your desired malt bill. Um, And that's the same in whiskey. Generally speaking, you know, a combination of malts are mashed in Together, they're not done individually. Um, what Archie Rose is doing, and they're a bit unique um, in already in the respect that their single malt whiskey that's already out on the market has has six malts in it. The six malt 
smash bills. That's pretty unusual. Having more than one or two, I think, is pretty unusual. And with this new facility, uh, what they're proposing or what they are doing is that they've enabled themselves to be able to mill, brew, ferment, distill and mature um, each malt individually or, or, or perhaps if it's a specialty malt, then it could be done in combination with a pale malt. And the, so that's the first part of it is that it's, it's about each individual malt being processed separately. But the patent also specifies that two of those malt streams must be roasted malt. And that is, roasted malt is unusual in whiskey, but it's not, uh, it's not like it's never been done before. And in fact, you know, um, Glen Moranchi Signet is a product that's been around for 20 years, I think. And that has, maybe not that long, but it's been around for some time. And that, that, that has roasted malt in it. And there are quite a few whiskies around, I think, certainly in the US that have roasted malts in them because, you know, uh, the whiskey, the whiskey industry over there is kind of very closely linked to the craft beer industry and there are brewers that make whiskey as well. So that element of it is, is, um, fairly commonplace. And I also think that, you know, the, the actual sort of splitting into malts, different malt streams and processing them individually, that's, uh, you know, it's unusual, but it's not, um, you know, certainly not limited to Archie Rose. There are other distillers that do that yeah. as well. It, it certainly sounds like, and from Claire seeing some of the Facebook group on the Australian Distillers Association and some of the comments that you had in your article, there seems to be that little bit of, oh, look, you know, we don't want to say too much publicly because they're really nice guys, but we don't really like what they're doing. Well, I think a lot of, you know, that um, Facebook group that you mentioned, I think the some of the distillers were very outspoken and and very critical and, and sort of wrote some pretty strongly worded replies. But, I mean, in fairness, you know, none of them are patent lawyers and um, probably the most measured response that has come, you know, that, that has been made to this is by Cameron Syme, who's the vice president of the Australian Distillers Association. And he's a lawyer himself, but he understands the limitations of his own, you know, legal knowledge, which he made the point to me that, you know, it's, it's sort of like a patent attorney. It's like the, the equivalent of, you know, seeing a heart surgeon versus a GP. Mm. Um, and, that, and that, you know, I, I guess a lot, of the, a lot of the other distillers were really shooting from the hip with the comments that they were making and kind of assuming that Archie Rose were essentially patenting you know, blended whiskey, which is, which isn't the case. Um, and, and, you know, distillers won't infringe on this patent if they produce whiskey in, you know, multiple individual streams, um, unless they do so, including two roasted malt streams. So it is quite specific, but there is a big question mark over whether it is innovative and unique enough and and you know a world first innovation that is unique enough to to be uh certified um as, as such um and my reading of it is that you know it's a bit questionable i think and the australian Steelers association is getting legal advice from a patent attorney to have a look at it and sort of try and work out whether there's any further to action to be taken you know, um, by the distillers and whether it is something they should be concerned about. Is, is this, you know, a, a, another example, as we've seen in the craft brewing industry, you know, we're all in this together and, and then, you know, people start to grow and they look in, you know, everyone's looking for a commercial advantage as the, in a crowded marketplace and so, this, you know, and that sometimes puts noses out of joint. Stepping outside of the, the, the legal element, are we starting to see the you know, spirits industry grow and become you know, very competitive that these sorts of clashes are going to happen? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think, you know, I mean, really, it, 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 to be fair, it, it kind of says something about with respect to the distilling industry in Australia, the level of sophistication of, of thinking about this issue that this application was made in May 2018. And this patent process went on, um, you know, until January of this year when it was certified. And not one person in the Australian distilling industry was watching, um, you know, the intellectual property 
website that they could have been keeping tabs on this type of thing. And, you know, I think if you contrast that with beer, if in the craft beer space, if, you know, if a, if an independent craft brewer was to put up a patent, uh, try to patent something, I want something similar to this. I think I think C would be in line and probably come down on them like a ton of bricks because they're all we're, over. We're painting they're dry all over that stuff. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, and it is interesting to sort of think about. You know, that this is something I've kind of thought about in the last couple of days is whether a brewer could do something similar. You know, could 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 patent a particular process. Um, but I, what I kind of concluded was that if you kind of look at the spirits industry in Australia, um, you know, the only multinational that has a significant distilling presence in the country is Diageo. Now, I mean, I'm, to be honest, I'm actually surprised that they that they weren't watching this because, mm. you know, now that this is in a patent in Australia, it goes to what they call the national phase and then Archie Rose sort of has the option of going international with it. And I, and I think, you know, this is going to be an interesting one to watch because I don't think that um, you know, distillers in, in Scotland, you know, like Diageo being the largest one, uh, are just gonna, are gonna sit there and, um, allow this, this to be patented, just like we know CUB and Lion, um, certainly wouldn't in Australia. We see how vigorously they defend trademarks. But then again, um, we saw Saison and Radler trademarked in New Zealand because they, they slipped through early on and that caused the same sort of, um, uproar. Yeah, that's true, I guess. And, and you know, a, a, another um, example of a patent in the drinks industry, I've spoken to a patent lawyer about, about this in the last 24 hours, and she was saying that patents are actually really common in beverages. Um, CUB, she said CUB and, and those other big guys, they have quite a lot of patents. They're quite active with patenting different brewing processes. Um, and, you know, there's another one that was very controversial in recent years, which was company called Baroque's patented the concept of wine in a can. And there was some sort of, you know, supposed innovative twist on what they were doing with the canning of the wine, but essentially it was still wine in a can and that got up and still, you know, um, the likes of Riot and, you know, and, and people like that are still butting their heads up against that patent. And I think, you know, there is a, you know, you can kind of look at this Archie Rose one in a similar way in the sense that if you actually look at what they're doing, they're, you know, they're still, it's, they're still, um, you know, making their wash and distilling their wash and maturing their wash in the way that whiskey makers have done, you know, for, uh, for a long time. Um, the difference is that they're just doing it separately and that they're using these roasted malt streams and those, you know, there might not be a record of anyone having done those specific things in combination. But are they that, you know, is it that innovative to do, you know, to, to basically to, to do that? I mean, I would argue it's doing the same thing, but just doing more of it. You know, it's not. Yeah. It's, yeah, yeah I, I it's, guess that's why so. patent attorneys charge so much, because they're the ones <laughs> that can tell us whether or not it is that different. Yeah, exactly. But it's, I mean, it's going to be. A really interesting one to watch in the new year. We'll find out what, what the ADA gets back from its patent attorney. Um, and I think it's probably a bit of a wake up call for everyone to, you know, just to sort of, you know, and, and, and the important thing, the important point to make is Archie Rose has done nothing wrong. They've, um, you know, gone through all the proper legal processes. They haven't done anything sneaky. If you look mm. at the history of this application over the last two years, it's been going on for a long time and, you know, it is kind of remarkable that no one in the industry, myself included, um, and everyone in the distilling industry, no one was aware of it. Um, you know, I'm sort of surprised international distillers are kind of looking at this stuff as well. Oh, look, and obviously you'll be following it up on Drinks Adventures. Absolutely. So well, we'll we'll keep an eye on it, and uh, hope maybe even sort of get you back if uh, as things go. But uh, certainly, we'll link to your coverage there, and uh, anyone can uh, keep following it there. But uh, mate, thank you very much for, for coming back, and uh, so sort of, yeah, it's sort of uh, bringing some news from outside of the, uh, the the narrow world world of beer. Oh, it's 
it's uh, it is kind of beer, isn't it? I mean, whiskey starts out as beer. Well, so. wh- whiskey yeah. is distilled beer. <laughs> but I've, I, yeah, I, I, I've given up um, upsetting people by making that claim. But uh, yeah, it, it, it's, it's beer adjacent, as I said in the intro. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Thanks, mate. Cheers, James. See ya, James. Bye. Uh, that'll be a very interesting one to yeah. follow, and it actually leads nicely and neatly into our next story. Where um, who did it first, Matt? Uh, Lion to build Lord Howe Island Brewery. Lion Beer is doubling down on its strategy of developing small and local breweries with three new regional projects being planned. Speaking on exclusively on Beer as a Conversation podcast, Managing Director James Brindley discussed three breweries in planning, including one soon to be installed on Lord Howe Island. Uh, Brindley said the Kieran-owned brewery was learning from small breweries. Historically, I feel like we've been a bit slow. We were trying to get a bit faster to capitalise on these trends. Rather than doing a well-thought-through, highly expensive national launch with something hey, let's be one of those little craft brewers and let's do something really quickly in one spot and try it out and adjust it as we go, said Brindley uh, to Matt Kierkegaard, which was a really a cracking listen, even though you got audio bombed by, uh, by Chuck Hart. Chuck Hart, well, you know, see, Somebody's going to bust in on your uh, conversation. <laughs> well, it, it, it wasn't quite, and, uh, you know, like it, it, this, um, you know, that beer as a conversation could probably have a whole um, episode. But just the, I'd been wanting to speak to James Brindley, who doesn't really have the same profile as a lot of people. And we've got a really good response to like the Anthony Chochari interview and some of the others. And he's been in the industry for so long. I thought it'd be really interesting to sort of find out from someone who's been in, in, in the industry how, you know, what the thinking is to try and keep up. So I reached out um, months ago um, and had teed it in, you know, he's a hard man to get into the diary and so uh, had that. And then, of course, two weeks ago we wrote um, a story <laughs> about loan yes, contracts. Yes, um, And so I'd had it booked in and, you know, you, you do have that thinking, oh, geez, you know, if I write this article, mm. are they going to cancel that? And so it was a, a really, really interesting chat. And they did, and as part of it, they said, oh, look, we'd love to get Chuck on as well. And I thought, well, we've spoken to Chuck a lot over the years, and I love talking to him, but, you know, it's been within 12 months. Um, and I said, oh, look, not really. I really want to speak to James, and this is where I want it to take. And they said, oh, well, James, you know, he's involved in something with Chuck that they'd like to uh, sort of talk about. And so you said, oh, okay, well, yeah, fair enough. Um, I didn't know what it was. I figured it was a brewery or something, you know, like a Squires or a something. Um, well, you didn't Chuck think was you were going to get a three-pack, did you? Yeah, or, or <laughs> but he might have three been Three exclusives, bang, bang, bang. Yeah, well, that's the thing. And so, you know, like... Um, Chuck wasn't even on and suddenly as part of the conversation and I can't remember which one came first but he um, J- you know, James did sort of say Grafton and I went Grafton yeah yeah, Gra- you're going back to Grafton and so you know I hadn't prepped for any of this and I don't even now I'm surprised that he talked about it because they haven't signed the contract for the venue and so you think and suddenly if they've Announced it, um, and you know the, the, the that's very unlike them. The, the that's landlord. very much more craft brewer, as James mentioned. Yeah, suddenly the landlord might go, "Well, they've announced it now. I'm <laughs> going to put in a zero on the end of the, or, or, or you know, I'm going to sort of screw them down on terms because yeah. they can't not do it now." Um, and so there was that, which, and then you know. Um, uh, Chuck came on and we sort of talked about that and then it was almost just as we were going out at the end he goes oh Matt Matt before you go we've, we're also going to yeah, if you're in Newcastle look out and I'm sort of going you can't just leave it there yeah you can't <laughs> leave it there like, <laughs> I'm, I'm winding up and you know like I'm, I find it hard to wind up at the best of times but yeah look at, so it, look quite apart from those three things it was a really really interesting chat about some of the things that we've talked about on the on the podcast of you know local and what does local mean and geez hasn't Lord Howe become a bit of a oh my God. discussion about local it's so turned into a right situation we had Chuck you know and and Lyon was very open about it um, both Chuck and James you know look out of uh, Chuck basically just set up came to James, um, you know, bypassing the entire marketing and accounting department. So I say, mate, can I set up a brewery up on, you know, at Ginderbind? I've got a holiday home up there. And they made it work. And it's become a fairly substantial brand. I don't know quite what it is, but I, I think it's around about the 20 million litres um, for Cosy. So it's, you know, a, a stone and wood, um, bigger than stone and wood level brand. And they're doing this on Lord Howe. And when you speak to Chuck, they've got... A brewery that they've had to prefab because Lord Howe is a very small um, island. I don't think they've got a hardware stall. As Chuck, you know, Chuck's <laughs> have said you can't just go to the hardware and get like an O-ring. Or so they're pre-assembling it um, here um, in Port Macquarie because that's where the boat goes. Then they have to s- ship it over to the island by sea, and shipping over there is something like five hundred dollars a cubic meter. 
Wow. So the brewery shipping is almost as much as the 600-litre breweries costing them. Um, but then, so, so they're actually going to be brewing on the island. Um, there will be a brewer, brewer announcement and how all that's going to work. But the brewery itself, it turns out, is going to be owned by this Mitchell family who have this amazing um, home. If you're hearing anyone in line, I'd love to go over and sort of see how amazing it is. Um, <laughs> But um, and they're doing it, so they're building a brewery. It's going to be owned by the Maxwell family on Lord Howe Island. And when when I looked at the when there was a bit of confusion um, that I'll get to in a second, they own the trademarks. They've registered the trademarks for Lord Howe Island, so they own the brand as well. And that's the family. That's the family, right. or those sort of the the residents of um, Lord Howe Island are doing all of that. So and they are permanent. Residents there. That's what I believe so. They, they've yeah. got they own and run businesses there, um, and so Lion will be licensing the brand in Australia, um, but they're basically paying for the brewery under this agreement. So we're just trying to clarify exactly what that is because there was another Lord Howe brand that I could see um, that when I sort of went looking to try and do some research, that is <laughs> when you look at the website. And again, not having a go, but um, <laughs> but we are a bit. Well, uh, well, only because they've had a. The they've truth had a lies bit of, somewhere in what we don't say. Yeah, well, they <laughs> they've had a bit of a poke at us on Facebook today. Yeah, we've um, had a, we've had a little dig, which I'm so surprised about. Well, so we were, us. Yeah, yeah, because us. well, I mean, I presume it was a little well, bit passive aggressive. It was a little bit passive aggressive. Um, but they've tagged us in a post where they've said... Um, uh, they say, we are an independent Lord Howe Island family-owned business and always will be. We brew with family-owned independent brewers to create award-winning beers. We fund and support island communities. And when you go to the website, there are lots of photos of Lord Howe Island. Everything's named after things on the island. Mm-hmm. It's called Lord Howe Island Brewing. It's They don't brew on the island. Mm-hmm. As with a lot of, um, let's call them contract or nomadic um, brewers, you really have to dig pretty deep to find out where the beer is made. Um, And even on the can, and I've only seen a picture of it on, I think it was Dan Murphy's, it says brewed for LHI Brewery. Mm. And then underneath it has an address. A generic address. In Alexandria. In Alexandria. So <laughs> you have to go looking for it. And they are, you have to go a very long way to try and find out where this beer is brewed. Yeah. So anyway, so they've they've um, given us a fairly uh, passive-aggressive post on... Um, yes, it was rather snotty, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it was a bit snotty, tagging <laughs> us that you know, how independently owned they are. Um, and one thing on that one, though, Matt, how come you didn't mention tap contracts to James? With James? Um, yeah, look... I'll be honest, I, I really thought, you know, I'll, I'll, I won't write that article till after I've got the interview, um, first of all, because I thought that they were going to cancel it if I rattle <laughs> that cage. Um, and then we wrote that article two weeks ago, um, and, I, and when I saw, I put the article out there, I wrote a very strongly worded, um, you know, very forthright, this is my opinion editorial about tap contracts, and nothing's really happened on that story since. You know, so we, we approached Lion for comment about tap contracts. They said, yeah, we do it. We just don't target small breweries. I had my say about that. After we published the article, I reached out to the IBA who declined a comment. There doesn't seem to have been anyone else um, has weighed in to the, to the discussion. It wasn't, you know, it, so there was a little bit of a storm amongst in, in a teacup. And so I, you know, when I sort of thought, well, it's beer as a conversation. All I can say is, do you contract? He'll say yes, because they've already said that. Mm-hmm. And it's not really my argument to prosecute beyond the, you know, I wrote the editorial. No one added to that, you know, again, as I say, like the IBA didn't come out, brewers didn't come out, no yeah. one's come out, and that I could sort of say, well, look, you know, I wrote this editorial, you said this, you know, this is what's come out since then. There was nothing additional to put to him that hadn't already been put to line. So I thought, well... You know, it's we can talk about a lot of these things, but it's a conversation. It's not, you know, I'm not here to prosecute any argument, and I didn't have anything else to really put to it. Yeah, fair enough. So, and because I, and I, you know, I was very conscious of that, mm. and I thought, should I raise it, just lest I be accused of raising it? But there wasn't. What was I going to say? No, that's it. And no, yeah, like you say, nothing. I was expecting an influx of like people sending us their tap contracts and stuff and being like, oh, look at this. None of that. Did, Didn't get any did, of that. The, the tap contract surprised. article seems to have just been a big yawn. <laughs> <laughs> like it, like it, I, maybe maybe people 
I'm being optimistic here. Maybe people are just sitting on it, thinking about it. Maybe it's going to inform opinion later on. Maybe it's more of a long game situation. Well, well yeah, well, I mean, we'll wait and see. But yeah, so look, it wasn't relevant to, to the conversation that I'd set up before the contract landed in my lap. There was nothing to add to the, when the podcast, when the conversation rolled around. So yeah, it just, it. yeah, just, and it wasn't, yeah, so it wasn't what I'd set up the conversation for in the first place. Yeah, fair enough. Okay. All right. Uh, moving on with the news. Uh, our next story, a timely labelling reminder after low alcohol slip. A recent labelling issue which led a major independent brewery to change the packaging on one of its beers has refocused attention on labelling obligations. Now, earlier this year, you'll recall that Stone & Wood launched East Point, a 2.7% ABV beer, which it initially labelled low alcohol. Shortly after release, the brewery realised that at 27 the beer didn't actually fall under the definition of low alcohol as determined by um, FSANS, which is the Food Standards Australia and New Zealand. Stone and Wood General Manager Nick Boot said the key was to understand how we missed it and what could we do about it. Have we created a legal issue? We got legal advice and food safety advice and we put our hand up and said, yep, we made a mistake there. And these are the things we have to do to rectify this. So in that respect, it's turning lemons into lemonade because an opportunity arose and they realized, okay, yeah, okay, we slipped up, but, you know, we can we can hide behind it or we can pretend it didn't happen or we can say, how, how did it happen and, and let's make sure. And, and as I say, it's in a, in a way, and we've just discussed with the tap contracts that Stone and Wood is sort of, it's a bit of a beacon for um, for other other players They're an industry in the leader. market. Yeah. Because yeah, they are like, yeah, an industry leader. So um, it, it's a good uh, lesson um, for, for others, and it's it's possibly something. Because if something someone as big as and, and as thorough in the way that they do everything as Stone and Wood, mm-hmm. and that was yeah, that was the takeaway. Because yeah, like yeah. Th- th- this was one that when I did the um, chat uh, with Keelan when they launched it, um, we had a bit of chat off mic. I think it was that I was really interested that they called it, you know, that they didn't call it a light beer, which is Yeah, what, um, I asked that as well to Sam yeah. Martin, and he was just like, oh, and I was like, you've had a lot of conversation about it. They'd had a marketing conversation, and because I always thought that low alcohol had a specific meaning, but again, like, you, because it's stone and wood, you give them credit, and then, you know, they, they launched it, and I'd sort of been sent some and stuff, and then I'd, um, I, can't remember, I was checking something on the website, and they had lower alcohol, mm-hmm. and so just because it had been something that we'd talked about, and I'd saw that the language had changed that I actually sort of uh, flicked Claire um, and I'm like, oh, you know, just ask them whether, you know, whether they've had a rethink and it turned out that it was this labelling issue um, and you know and you know it's one of those things you, you don't want to sort of be seen calling anybody out but it is an issue. I mean, Nick said, you know, I think he said that we've got 500 years of experience. When you look yeah, at yeah, the, between them all, and they were like, and and it, we missed it. Like hands up, and, we absolutely did. And it was even um, like when I was looking at um, the when I was looking for the IBA uh, labelling guidelines, because um, I knew that there were guidelines to see if it was in there. The first Google search I came up with was our chat with Jamie Cook when he was the IBA chair, um, talking about the labelling guidelines and how the IBA can help. Brewers, um, <laughs> I just have forgotten there was that connection there. Yeah. Um, and you're thinking, wow, okay, look, you know, this can happen to anyone. So it's a, it, it, it's a teaching moment, um, and yeah. it, it can happen to anybody. Yeah. Um, this is, and as a, as an industry leader, what did you do? What did you work through? That's you know, it. what was your learning? Because we can all learn from it. Yeah, that's it. So they did. They did their. They printed their first batch as that, and then the next one. They alerted all their retailers and all that kind of stuff. No food safety issues because um, they say in quite big letters on the front that the alcohol content and things like that, so it wouldn't necessarily be sta- mistaken as a non-alcoholic. Um, and then they got it all redone and with the new, slightly new design, just changed it to lower alcohol. And now that should be rolled out and everything should be hunky-dory from now on, really. But, I mean, kudos to Nick, and I know he listens to the podcast, so hey, mate. How you doing? <laughs> I know it's um, and it's always an awkward conversation to have, um, you know, when a mistake's been made. But this was like a full-on genuine, you know, and they were happy to talk to us about it and, and explain that and give us some learnings and um, hopefully impart some advice to other brewers who are smaller and don't have the departments, the marketing, the necessarily the quality, the all the little admin stuff that a, a smaller brewer would have to do on their own. Um, at least Stone and Wood can say, yep. 
here we go. This is this is how it should be done. Uh, so, yeah. and, and I'm sure when the the heads of all the various departments, you know, got together around the table to to sort of discuss the options and you know how they were going to deal with it, I'm sure, um, you know, somebody would have said, oh, well, you know, we'll just get all the the cans reprinted, and and some other particularly uh, bright and up and coming thinker would have said, well, hang on, what about shrink sleeves? Um, perhaps we could get some Ooh, labels some, for our yeah. cans. <laughs> if we had some labels, that we had to. Yeah. yeah, but and then somebody else would have said, but we don't have a shrink sleeving machine. Where on earth would we put it? The Willem Bar actually, Pete, so Pete, I'm, I'm actually, actually going to cut you off uh, on, on this oh, ad. It, why? It was, it no, no, it so was well. seamless. It was seamless. But because there's something else we want to talk about Rallings today. Because I had a chat with Brad this morning. I deliberately didn't put this in the show notes because I wanted to see how you were going to sort of work it into the uh, oh. podcast. But um, and, and, and I it, never know so until sneaky. until I do. I oh, know. So, but this is one for our listeners. So I had a phone this call. Is, this from, is for next 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 year's blooper reel. Uh, yeah, no, 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 no. We'll, we'll keep it in because this is how we roll, and I, I, I love the way you did it. But what we want to talk about on the podcast this week, if in terms of rallings, is rallings actually want to put a call out. Um, they were really impressed. We talked last week about the Royal Queensland Food and Wine Show beer competition and how Treasury is having the best new brewer award, and they're going to commercially support people by getting their beer on tap. Rallings really loved how that wasn't just a prize, and it wasn't just putting your name on a trophy. It was actually doing something. Um, so I think, and hopefully I'm not sort of pre-announcing anything that they didn't want to announce, but they're looking at how they can, you know. It's a bit late now. <laughs> that's how we roll. Um, you know, they wanted to contact the RNA and sort of uh, say, you know, can we give a um, shrink wrap package to um, some people? And, you know, we were sort of looking, talking about that, that, that idea. And we're looking at the Hottest 100 um, this year, and the the rallying guys want to be involved in our hottest 100 coverage, which is you know, one of the best things we do all year. And you know, rather than just reading out a rallying ad on the, the the podcast, we were thinking, how can we do something? So my thought was something that would be mean, a meaningful support for a emerging brewery or a brewery that you know is up and coming is maybe having the highest new entrant beer in the hottest 100 get a package for shrink wrapping from you know if they wanted to so similar to the best new exhibitor best new exhibitor kind of thing but it, it'll be yep. the brews news and rallings you know award to the best new exhibitor the highest new entrant um because Technically, you know, um, Furphy could become the best craft beer, um, um, or you know, uh, or a big brewery like uh, Bolter could take it back from Stone and Wood. They probably don't need the same level. So we're thinking of what is a meaningful support that Rallying can give to somebody through our Hottest 100 coverage that would really benefit a small brewer. And I know that we've got a lot of small brewers who, who listen, um, and or small brewing marketing departments send in your suggestions for you would like do do you like that idea if you are the highest new entrant or if you've got the most beers you know or or you're the number 101 um so you're not quite the one (laughs) top 100 send us your suggestions for how rallying can rallings can put together a package that would benefit your business um and 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 a good way that both promotes the hottest 100 and also um you know rallings can give that support and give us your idea because they they don't want to just do ads on Bruce News as seamlessly and beautifully as Pete does it, they actually want to make sure that they're out supporting the industry and this was something that we're coming up with. So there's the rallying ad for this week, Pete. Done. And so, listeners, if you have a suggestion, um, give it to producer at brewsnews.com.au. Don't call 1300 852 235 <laughs> unless you're going to buy some shit because they're busy enough as it is, particularly <laughs> this time of the year. The elves are working like blue-ass flies to keep up. But and email get producer, all well done, Pete. Thank sorted. you. So, yeah, email us, don't call, 1300 852 235. Now, for those wishing to tick off a diagonal on their uh, Bruce News Bingo buzzword card, Brew receives its first CUB order. So Brew has received its first order from Carlton and United Breweries, but Carlton retail prices call into question the profitability of the venture, not for the first time. <laughs> Brew's pricing strategy on beer produced under the CUB deal would appear to provide very slim margins for the contracted product. Uh, East End Hotels Group told Brews News it sells cartons of Brew premium lager at a regular price, you're sitting down, folks, of $37.99. That's Australian, uh, Australian dollars. Whilst the Australian draft, which is a 4.2% ABV as well, is sold for $39.99. By comparison, the bottle shop chain sells CUB's Great Northern, which is also a 4.2% ABV beer, on special at $45.99. So you're comparing uh, like for like there, yeah. 
<laughs> so two 4.2% ABV beers, Australian Draft, $39.99, Great Northern, $45.99. Uh, we should just point out, just for purposes of comparison, that excise on a carton of 24 375ml uh, cans or stubbies at 4.2 is roughly $14.37. Hashtag if I've done my math correctly. <laughs> so that's, yeah, that's before you've printed a carton, before you've got mm-hmm. a shrink sleeve from Rallings or yep. uh, put a drop of beer in it. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, so, so like you're sort of going, on one hand, they're putting out this thing, sort of saying, isn't this awesome? We've got our beer from CUB. CUB are an awesome manufacturer of beer and we've got all of the access to their fantastic brewing and equipment and stuff like that. And yet we're still flogging our beer off at a, at, at, at a price that even CUB um, doesn't do it. Um, and I didn't put it in the, the show notes, Pete, but down in Mildura Brewery, which I believe, but we aren't sure, um, makes its own beer, and but at 4.6% rather than 4.2%, they are selling it on their Facebook page for $30. So, oh, so the last time we made fun of uh, they mentioned it, it was thirty five dollars. They yeah, had a, yeah, yeah. a case now, special, they're, they're probably, so they dropped it to thirty. Again, I don't know, but yeah, you know, there's every chance that with this CUB deal, the stock that they're flogging off on Facebook is older stock, yeah, and yeah. so it could be you know. Mind like, you'd still want a good price on it. <laughs> You, you want to make a, an actual margin on it, wouldn't well, you? you, 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 just, you but wouldn't look, you? again, we, we don't know. Maybe they well, have um, re-engineered particle physics in the in the in the business world, <laughs> and they can get CUB to make beer for them and still sell it cheaper than CUB does and make money on it. Mm-hmm. Because there, there are some particles of something in this story, yeah. and it's, <laughs> it's not beer, Matt. <laughs> Uh, now, speaking of CUB, uh, Corona beer shortages in Australia confirmed. Uh, CUB is experiencing continued shortages of Corona beer in Australia. Australian distributor uh, CUB said that increased demand and low supply due to logistics issues in shipping the beer over are causing the shortages, which are set to continue over the holiday period. So all you Corona drinkers who listen to this podcast, uh, I want both of you to go out and give take a good hard look at yourselves, give yourself an uppercut and go and buy something uh, local and independent. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and this was really interesting as well because when I was looking into Corona and how it was doing in the rest of the world and all that kind of stuff, AB InBev are trying to get uh, it produced locally. So in the UK and China, they've got breweries that are actually making Corona, whereas obviously we don't have that in Australia. So we have to rely on logistics, bringing it over here and all that kind of stuff. Um, but it was kind of an interesting snapshot into how coronavirus has affected globally, us globally, and another <laughs> I, reason why you I, should I go thought local. You'd, I thought you'd made a mistake then because I you said know. coronavirus. How coronavirus? Uh, <laughs> and I was thinking, What's she talking about? She's so used to saying coronavirus <laughs> that even when she's trying to just say corona. No, that's it. Well, we purposely say COVID-19 in articles because we don't want anyone mainly me to get confused so <laughs> yeah. yeah there you go so yeah sorry about that everyone if you're a corona that's fan. right and we'll do a little bit of uh, radio brews news improv theater here so matt i'll be i'll be daniel massey and you'll be two hotbeds oh okay? good idea so daniel massey in the facebook group said speaking to my local bws man i'm told corona is basically out of stock for them in australia they can't order any more for summer that will be a pretty massive hit for the largest imported brand I heard from someone in the know that it's due to the war between the Aussie and New Zealand Wharfies. Apparently, it's all held up in quarantine. What's weird, though, is Bottolo Norellan just received a pallet earlier this week. Don't know how he managed that. Sorry, and I, I wasn't trying to do a fog voice. I was desperately trying to read Claire's young eye, very tiny print. <laughs> Sorry. How big do you have yours? Anyway. Um, yeah, so, I mean, the guys on the Facebook group, um, they mentioned it, but I think it was on our radar in the past week, and then we were like, is this something? And I've like- had brewers sort of say, yeah. you know, that um, they're hoping to capitalise on, on it. A great opportunity. Well, just uh, on those two comments too, there is uh, uh, some chatter in the in the Twitterverse uh, and what have you that, um, that there is perhaps some unions are trying to um, – I guess push ambit claims or to or to you know strengthen their position by slowing things down, and then there's the other right. side of the story that says no, that's a story that's made up so that you know, yeah, to cast aspersions. So it's a, it, so who knows? But anyway, it, it's not a, it's not a problem. The it, thing that interested me most out of that is, Corona has always been the beer that's from where you'd rather be. Um, you know, holiday beer. Well, but, but it, the, the tagline was from where you'd rather be, and every it was always made in. 
Mexico. Mexico yeah. um, so it was always imported, whereas Heineken, Peroni, Beck, Stella, everything was generally Made under, license. under license here because it was fresher. Um, and I'd always assumed that their reluctance to do that was because it was so such part of its brand equity that it's from where you rather be, and you can hide the staleness behind lime, like you know, because again, it's it's a beer that has that inbuilt cover for some of those aging characters yeah. that, that they come and through. And they clearly the beer. don't care because it's a clear bottle and everything. Yeah, well, <laughs> and, and that's the way that it's made. Yeah, but yeah. Um, I, I find it very interesting that. It's because it would be a big thing for a brand like that to make the decision to brew it under license in the UK, for example. Mm. Because who wants to drink, drink Corona that's beer made from, in down from, from Woking or you know, <laughs> Woking? Woking, sorry. <laughs> or um, you know, where, where was the office things. set? The, the office was set in oh, Slough. 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 Yeah. yeah. So from where you'd Slough. rather not be, <laughs> Milton Keynes. Yeah. So, yeah, so like, I, and, and I find like th- that's why I enjoy um, chats with people like James Brindley and Antonia and stuff like that because I love you know digging into the thinking and uh, you, you never get the full story, I'm sure, but you know those decisions would be huge to make. Um, yes, we're going to make it in Slough and still keep the same tagline, or do we have to? Can it be the beer from up here, or is oh, the, you no, know, the beer for up here? Champion Brew Pub Moffat Beach launches its second venue. Moffat Beach Brewing Co., which is the winner of the Champion Brew Pub Trophy at this year's Indies, is opening its second venue and brewery. The Sunshine Coast Brewery has been going from strength to strength after being founded in 2015 by Sharon and Maddie Wilson, despite the occasional car crash. Wasn't a collision. Well, they collided into something. You can't hit a a stationary object and be a collision. Oh, I didn't Um, know that. Yeah, there you go. It's always, you know, he collided with a, um, a... a tree. What the, the tree was moving in the opposite direction oh, at the same. Oh well, that is a bit of language I did not know. So thanks for that, Pete. There you go. So there's that and manuka. Two weeks in a row, you've learned something, Claire. I knew manuka. Words are fun, um, <laughs> and good luck to them. It looks like uh, I saw some uh, photos that Pete had uh, posted, uh, and it looks like the joint was heaving. Yeah, looks like a really yeah, good. And, and look, it's great for them to be able to now, uh, I guess keep up with the demand that they that their beers have created yeah exactly and i spoke to my um and he asked like oh so does this mean you're going to do more distribution and he was like to be honest claire i'm just trying to keep my head above water now i just want to see how this goes before we start um you know pushing any beer out but potentially we might see some more moffat beach um outside of queensland because i know they did the deep creek collab a few weeks ago um so they're not completely unheard of elsewhere and obviously winning the Champion Brew Pub Trophy was a great boost for them. Um, so, yeah, hopefully you'll get more of Moffat Beach down south. Yeah. And if you particularly have a, a, a love or an affinity for any of the beers that we've mentioned on this episode of Brews Newsweek, you may wish to vote for them. In the Gab's Hottest 100 for 2020, the voting for which has just opened. Uh we're going to find Australia's most popular craft beers of the year. Beer fans across the country have until the 15th of January 2021 to make their voices heard. Radio Brews News will be live on Australia Day weekend 2021 again to report on the results as they come in. Beautiful. That'll be exciting. exciting. times. And I can see it's, it's started already, hasn't it? It's started already. Oh, my God. I got like five emails just on Wednesday it. alone. And that was a lot. Because normally I try it's and sell those lists. Yeah, and yes, let's let's just get it out there now. Yes, it is a popularity contest. <laughs> it is. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's all, that's all it is. Yeah, it's not based on sales figures. It's not based on yeah, medals. That, it's not based I... on judging of any sort. It's exactly. a popularity contest. And can I say, it is probably the most significant popularity contest in the craft beer space in Australia. Yeah. So, you know, I think commercially it is much more, in, you know, you get much more mileage from being top five for the hottest 100 than you do from winning an AIBA gold medal um, or, you know, like, so, so even quality, this is something that really does have attention seeking cut through mm-hmm. in, in, in the beer industry. And that's why, you know, like you knew when the voting was open because yesterday my inbox was filled with Crazy. people, um, you know, so saying, make sure you vote for our beers. And uh, yeah. Uh, but the other thing too, um, it's not available only to you. Can, it's not only beers that are available in Dan Murphy's. Dan Murphy's does have has no editorial control over the process whatsoever. Yeah. They are in the same way as Brews News as a supporter of it, and we'll tell you about it, and we'll uh, give you links to the the site and all that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Nothing more than that. Oh, and I've seen people have been gone to vote for their favourite beer, and it hasn't been listed. 
Remember back in the old days, Matt, we used to complain that, oh, I can't get any of these beers in Dan Murphy. Dan Murphy's never, never sells <laughs> no, no, my no. Now Dan Murphy <laughs> sells the beer the, that the I Facebook, like, and I hate it. The, the Facebook <laughs> post. Your mind. Can't bloody win. It, 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 it's, it's the worst elements of, of Facebook where somebody's got an axe to grind and they just sort of um, yeah. mouth off, and then it, it, everyone jumps a, on. and then you It's get, a great snapshot. Um, and it's great too now that we're we're a decade into it. Um, we're into the second decade of of the hottest one hundred countdown. Um, it's seeing how the you know just how far we've come from that first one. Or, or um, you know, I was discussing with a brewer just the other day. I said, you know, it's little things like you know, you go back six years and and there were two and two two beers in the top one hundred were available in cans. Now it's ninety eight. That's yeah, like you, you go and you, you see. It. But but sorry, and the, the point I was going to say before is that. The, a lot of the chatter I've seen on social media is, oh, my favourite beer isn't, the, the beer that I want, want to devote for or my favourite brewery isn't listed. And then the reply is, that's because Dan Murphy's, you know, are running it and it's only beer stocked in Dan Murphy's. No, it's not. No. There are so many breweries and so many beers and, there are, you know, it's so complicated. And these guys do this as a sideline. Like, it's not a money-making, they do have some sponsorship, but it's not a money-making venture for them. Um, or not like it's not a hugely money making venture. I shouldn't say it's not their bread and butter. It's not their bread and butter. Um, that you know, and a couple of weeks ago we posted the hey brewers, um, make sure you register all of your beers. Um, on it, it's up to you to register it. And I remember a couple of years ago Coopers decided that they didn't want to be part of it because it wasn't. And then boy, did they regret that the following year. Um, <laughs> and I was getting emails going. So when did when can we start registering our beers? Um, it and is, to that, Matt, if you if you jump on and you go to vote for a beer and none of that brewery's beers are available, that is the brewer's choice that they haven't... Or they just didn't know or they forgot. Give yeah. them a call if and before you vote, give your brewer, give the brewer a call and say, hey, guys, yeah. could you? I want to vote for this. And I tell you what, they will be wrapped. And also there is a suggestion box on the voting page where you can let them know that there's a beer missing from the poll and they'll get in touch with the brewer to nominate that specific beer. So yeah. you've got no excuse. You're the one that should be. If you don't see it on the list, go put it on the list. Yeah, but but just be just be part of it. Just be uh, and sit like a kid at Christmas, just going. Oh, I wonder what's going to be surrounded you know, by beautiful. Beers. Don't, don't worry about where your beer comes because it's not your beer. Yeah. Just because it's your favourite. <laughs> just in, just enjoy it for what it is. Yeah. What do you guys think on the predictions? Then obviously, Bolt got knocked off the top spot. Do we, are we allowed to make predictions? Yeah, but down to second. Uh, I mean, no, yeah, not far. Well, I mean, you, you, you can. I mean, Pete and I don't because, A, we don't want to be wrong. And secondly, <laughs> um, we're be wrong enough, let's face it. And don't, again, people are going to start accusing us in January of knowing what the results were. Because you were so goddamn accurate. Well, just if we were right, <laughs> yeah, you yeah. know, like the broken clock, mm-hmm. somebody else will say, oh, you knew the results all along. Yeah, we and, don't know uh, anything right now. Sorry, everyone. And well done, Matt. Your flog voice is coming along. It's so just like the hottest one hundred. It's like you know, early on there's oh, not so many IPAs, and now all of a sudden it's all like you know, it's improving. Keep it up, Matt. Anyway, time to dive elbow deep into the mailbag. Review us on iTunes. Send us in an email. Um, comment on the Facebook page. If you're not a member already, then jump on board. Uh, use the passcode Soapbox. And tell them Matt sent you. All letter writers will also receive a Deb Lou Bakes cookie and they will go into the draw to win a mixed six-pack thanks to our very good friends at Beer Cartel who sponsor our letter of the week. Claire, what's in the mailbag this week? Steve Levian uh, in the Facebook group said, uh, love the James Brindley and Chuck interview. Total respect for both of them from my time at Lion. Fascinating, especially the Grafton scoop. I'm looking forward to some Tui's Hunter Old from here. Tui's Hunter Old, yeah. It's a little bit like um, like Tui's Old, I guess. Oh, Hunter Old. Oh, I see. Um, Yeah, that was... And he listened to it so fast. Is is Steve one of the guys that... It must have been... (laughs) Go on, Steve. Yeah, like it it was like 45... The the, chat ran for 42 minutes and it was 45 minutes after (laughs) it went live, so... Yeah, so it, and it was a bloody good chat. It was really interesting, um, and hope and it's always interesting to hear from someone that like that that you think that's in that big corporate sphere and like untouchable and just suited and booted all the time and stuff. But James seemed like a really normal bloke that you'd have a pint with, so that's always good. Um, next one, Josh Boyle in the Facebook group also says, "My grandmother gave me one of her old cooking books." The Weekly Times Pioneer Cookbook. Uh, found this little banger of a recipe where you boil wheat, raisins and hops for two hours in a muslin bag. Muslin, thank you very much. Oh, sorry. Um, I might give this a go. Cheesecloth. S- <laughs> Cheesecloth. Okay, there you go. I might 
I say that we're ejectuously intrigued if we'll be any good. I was originally looking for a Christmas cake recipe. This has a empty kerosene tin or cask <laughs> as one of the things as well, which I thought was hilarious. How do you think that would taste, guys? Have you brewed well, anything it's, like it's that? It's interesting that you're, you're making beer and one of the ingredients is one bottle of stout. Oh, oh, as, you know, yeah, you know, when somebody say, um, describe something or other, and they then they use the word. And you go, no, no, no. Don't, don't. <laughs> You're not allowed to use the word. Four gallons of water, two ounces of hops, one cup of wheat, one cup of raisins, two pounds of sugar, Ooh. one bottle of stout. So presumably that's just a starter, a kickstarter. Yeah, yeah. I just an ounce so. of cream of tartar. Yeah. Ta- cream of tartar? What's cream of tartar? It's similar to citric acid. It's a um, like oh. a rising agent, I think, cream of oh, tartar. Okay. Interesting. Anyway, yeah. gross, but report back. Let's yeah. know how yeah. that goes. Put sugar in a clean kerosene tin or cask <laughs> oh, and pour boiling liquid over it. <laughs> anyway, go. yeah. It, it does remind me a little bit of the um, the famous Australian recipe, Claire, for um, uh, boil cockatoo. Oh, God. Put a cockatoo in a billy can, fill it with water, <laughs> boil, uh, and you put a, um, a pebble in. Yeah. Um, and then when the, um, when the is pebble like is soft, bears? throw the cockatoo out and eat the pebble. Yeah. <laughs> you little fucker. Uh, and the last one. Um, um, yeah. yeah. We can blow our trumpet a little bit, can't we? We can, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Kaleni, I hope I get that one right, Fuller, in the Facebook group, um, shared a Spotify play, uh, podcast listening of Radio Brews News. So <laughs> um, he's listened to 393 episodes. Can anyone beat that? And that, that equates to 19,476 minutes of your life <laughs> listening, <laughs> listening to, to this. <laughs> listening to this trio in some form. There's got to be a bit of back catalogue in that and some yeah. beer as a conversation as well. That's it. Um, best beer podcast in Australia, if not the world. Keep up the great work, guys. Distance, your distance may vary. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, look, love, lovely thoughts. Absolutely. And we're sort of sending him a, a lovely gift Thank because you. that... That sort of dedication deserves a reward. Yeah, um, that's It does inspiring. strike me a little bit as, yeah, yeah. Uh, objects in your podcast review may appear more interesting than they actually are. <laughs> yeah. But, and, and thank you. Like, yeah, look, it, it's, it's, it really is It's good that they're listening. Yeah, and, yeah, and, and, and we do thank you. And, yeah, so please let us know. And uh, hopefully with all of that listening, he's uh, left a rating and review on iTunes because that does help us out. We do. We do uh, uh, very much appreciate that, as, as do um, people at Cryomalt like Burkett, like Rellings Label Stickers and Packaging and Beer Cartel, who are all um, proud supporters. And um, I noticed you've changed the intro on the Beerers Conversation, Matt, and uh, nine years that um, Cryo Malt has been a sponsor. I, I did. I just sort of threw that in. Yeah, no, like I just thought I was on autopilot. Let's mix it up a little bit. And uh, yeah, they've been with us for nine years. So, wow. uh, and they but, were our first. You know, like we, we should we should say founding sponsor Cryo Malt. Yeah, they came on. Like we, we didn't start the podcast after they sort of said, hey, would you start a podcast? But it was soon afterwards. Um, David Cryer said to me, uh, it could be a week, uh, probably 2012, 2013. Um, look, how, how can we help you guys out? I said, well, we've got this podcast that could use a new, couple of new microphones. And he helped I've out. still got my original microphone. Never. It was a headset mic. That'd be That's in it. a museum one day. And the ears are completely gone. Like they're <laughs> as flat as a shit carter's hat. Um, the microphone still works, but the um, the cans are, yeah, completely denatured. Like <laughs> There's no foam. The foam is all completely compressed. Yeah. So now, just, we, this has ended up being a long one because we've had that great chat with uh, James Atkinson. But um, if you are listening and you are in Brisbane and you have nothing better to do on this Sunday afternoon... Um, jump in the Facebook group because there is uh, details of a meetup at Easy Times. Um, apparently, uh, I need to say who's organising it, um, but Ryan Massingham. Ryan Massingham has organised it. He's, he's organised a tour of Easy Times. Like, it, 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 it's serious stuff. Um, organising a tour of, uh, and I'll put my hand in my pocket and uh, buy a couple of rounds of beers for anyone that turns up. So. Hashtag, please don't everyone turn up. <laughs> yeah, and well done, to, well done to James Davidson, who's making a special trip from um, Bright down in the Victorian high country all the way just so that he can... Uh, and he's there. going via Brewdog. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I noticed we're second choice. Yeah, yeah what's that about? <laughs> I'm going to come all the way from Bright. I mean, I'll hey, be gonna be, I'm going to be late because I'm going to Brewdog, but... <laughs> breaking news. Uh, speaking of which, Brewdog, um, and hello to Calvin, who's a good friend, uh, you know, listens to the podcast. Um, they've come on as uh, subscribers um, this week. Excellent. Supporting the... Um, the the website. Yep. Yeah, well, we yeah, it's a subscribe. Well, it all goes in. Yeah, it's all goes Nothing insane. will change. Every now and then, they bucket. may, f- you know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think Calvin would like it if 
we were too nice to him all the time. I think he likes a bit of the back and forth. Well, I think we've given them a lot of respect over you know the, the last year. You know, we we, we sort of have. Um, but then again, and, and I shouldn't I shouldn't say a general revenue bucket. Um, it's it's more a, a battered tin cup that you might see a hobo <laughs> hold out <laughs> sitting out the front of Rainbow well, Station it, or something. But you know. Let, let, let me put it this way. It's how I managed to pay Claire and Sam and Joe, um, you know, the, the, the podcaster, you know, who, who edits the podcast. And, you know, uh, Pete, no, Pete, I'll just interrupt you there. They get paid. Mate, no, 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 <laughs> How long no, have no, you no. been doing this for free? Now, let's, uh, let's, you're let's not going to retire on what you make. Yeah, you're not going to retire, Pete. No one's going to, like, we're, we're not, no one's making When did you get that Foster's money hey, then? I'm talking to you on my Rode Podcaster 3000. <laughs> that was Making my for, tunes 25% more dulcet. <laughs> Um, so for that, I'm grateful. By, you know, for example, the people who uh, tie this $5 each month or by people yeah. like BrewDog who have come and on. You, as, and you uh, take me on a, a two-day holiday every every um, Australia Day weekend for the last three years? Well, that last year that was because, like, listen how commercial we are. Last year that was because Hemingway's uh, paid for your FS. Um, yeah, that's right. But I did take you I did take you to, uh, we, we had our honeymoon in um, <laughs> North America. And well, what have you done for me lately? We, 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 <laughs> well, we just don't get out like we used to, yeah. There, there is a reason I did. I was going to fly you up. It's as if we've been locked down. I was going to fly you up for the podcast, and you said no. Thank you very much. Family, my know. real family. That's very good. Your real family. But anyway, uh, thank you very much again to Crime Alt, to Burkett, to Rellings Label Stickers and Packaging, and to our good friends at Beer Cartel for making all of and this possible. Thanks very much, Matt. All those that subscribe to the website, such as Brewdog, and to all the brewers who subscribe to the website. <laughs> <laughs> Calvin's got his money's worth already. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Thanks, Matt. <laughs> Thanks, Pete. Thanks very much, Claire. Cheers, Pete. And we'll see you all. Until next time, drink fresh, drink local, look after yourselves, and wash your damn hands. And we're out. Boom. And the bird suddenly stopped singing when you said that. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anticipation. <laughs> Don't forget, if you like what we do here at Radio Brews News, you can help us out in a number of ways. You can sponsor the show either by a small monthly contribution or through a one-off donation. You'll find details in the show notes. You can also review us on iTunes or whatever your favourite podcasting service happens to be. Let us know what you think and help others find and discover our shows. Finally, you can tell us what you think about what's going on in the beer industry by emailing us at producer at brewsnews.com.au. And thanks to our very good friends at Beer Cartel, the letter of the week will receive a mixed six-pack of great Australian beer. We love hearing your thoughts on the stories we cover because, as you may have heard, beer is a conversation. 